It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. At this moment, a bipartisan group of lawmakers continue to negotiate gun control legislation. Will this be the moment when Congress finally passes? something makes some progress what reforms are on the table how do we get past just the headlines of both sides on this debate let's begin think you know the news of the day think again well in the wake of these uh, tragic mass shootings uh, across the united states uh, there is an impetus once again for some legislation as part of a solution and as we've talked about uh, over the last week that making sure that what is done is done right and proper, that it's done not behind closed doors, not in a room, not with a gang of five or 10 or 15, but that it actually gets done in front of the American people. Uh, That's where we really have to get in the conversation. And we have to make sure that we really understand what we're talking about because it is so easy, especially on these big items, these crucial conversations that we do have to have as a country that so often we we get it wrong. We conflate terms uh, like assault weapon as opposed to a semi-automatic weapon. And there's all of these different things that can be so conflated. We talked about even just in the last hour uh, during our candidate conversation, uh, looking at how do we define a mass shooting? And what does that actually mean? Does a a gun uh, gang battle uh, in the streets of an inner city uh, where more than two are are killed, does that account as a mass shooting? Uh, should we look at that differently? Uh, and so we, we do have to make sure we separate the rage from the reason in all of this because it's so easy to just lock into one thing, and it's, it's many more things. And so part of what we're going to do in this segment today is to just go through and look at what is on the table, what are the conversations being had, Uh, And I am going to continue to praise 21 Democrats in the House of Representatives who have called on Speaker Pelosi, their own party. Again, it's easy to shout at your enemies. It's much more difficult to tell the truth to your friends. But they are telling Nancy Pelosi as Speaker of the House, don't give us one big, massive, all-encompassing bill that we know will never pass muster in the Senate. Give us eight small bills, targeted, precision bills that we can debate and have votes on. That would matter. That would move things forward in a very different way. We've seen it over and over and over again in the wake of this kind of tragedy that we end up with some big, massive bill that will not be passed. And then members of Congress on both sides will shrug their shoulders, say we did our best, the country's too divided, and move on. And I'm telling you, the country is not that divided, even on an issue like the Second Amendment. There are areas where people agree, and it's up to Congress to find those and to lay them out. Uh, the, the, language, the language in the House and the Senate 
uh, is very specific for a reason. It says that the matter is laid upon the table, which means it's there for all to see. And we're not seeing that from Congress. We're seeing behind closed doors, in rooms, not in front of the American people, not on the floor of the House, not on the floor of the Senate. Uh, We're getting all of these other things. And so let's follow the regular order of the House and the Senate and let's lay it upon the table specifically and then get at it. Now, I want to get into some of what the leaders in the House and the Senate from both sides of the aisle, what they're saying in terms of what are some of the specifics that we can approach and look at. And again, if we can get it in front of the American people, it's a different debate. It's a different amendment process. And the votes, I think, will also be different. So let's start uh, with Senator Chris Murphy. He, of course, has been in the middle of this. He's really been the lead for the Democrats in the United States Senate on uh, CNN State of the Union over the weekend. He laid out what gun law reforms are on the table with this group of 10 that he has convened and how they're progressing in terms of an agreement. We are talking about a meaningful change in our gun laws, a major investment in mental health, perhaps some money for school security that would make a difference. On the table is red flag laws, changes to our background check system to improve the existing system, a handful of uh, other items that will make a difference. Can we get there by the end of next week, as Senator Schumer has requested? I I don't know, but um, as late as last night, we were engaged in conversations about trying to put a package together. Senator John Cornyn, the lead Republican senator in the negotiations, again, this gang of 10 uh, behind closed doors, said he would not place any restrictions on the Second Amendment. And Senator Murphy said that he agrees with that. I also agree that we're not going to do anything that compromises people's Second Amendment rights. We're not going to do anything that compromises the ability of a law-abiding American to be able to buy a weapon. What we're talking about is trying to make sure that dangerous or potentially dangerous individuals don't have their hands on weapons. Uh, So I I think there's agreement amongst the negotiators that we're going to take some common sense steps that do not compromise Second Amendment rights. We're likely going to pair it with some significant mental health spending, which will make a difference as well. And I think everything Senator Cornyn has said is consistent with the negotiations we're having. Uh, Host Jake Tapper pointed out that Republicans passed some pretty sweeping reforms after the Parkland shooting. And he asked Senator Murphy why the Democrats didn't use that as a template to begin with. And here was his response. I think, as I mentioned before, we are broadly trying to figure out what has 60 votes. But I think the template from Florida is the right one, which is do some significant mental health investment, some school safety money, and some modest but impactful changes in gun laws. Um, That's the kind of package we're putting together right now. That's the kind of package I think can pass the Senate. Senator Pat Toomey, a Republican from Pennsylvania, also been very active in this, uh, not just this time around. uh, He has been one who has been in many of these negotiations uh, about gun laws and violence in America uh, over the last six years of his term. He is retiring at the end of this uh, term. And he said that as he's been part of these conversations, he said they're looking at expanding uh, background checks. Well, I certainly hope we're going to have an expansion of background checks. You know, Senator Manchin and I have been working on this for a long time, and we've tried to establish that at least for commercial sales of firearms, there ought to be a background check. So sales at gun shows, sales that are advertised over the internet, I don't know that we'll get uh, 
exactly what Senator Manchin and I developed some years ago. It'd probably be something different than that, and that's fine. There are a number of mechanisms you could use to expand background checks, but I just think it makes sense. Senator Toomey went on to say that the president hadn't been particularly helpful uh, in terms of uh, cobbling this together a little bit, and he said it will really come down to the consensus in the Senate. I think the president might have been a president who would reach across the aisle, try to bring people together, but he's chosen not to take that approach since day one. He has sided with the far left of his party and really not reached out to Republicans. He gave a speech on this topic where he advocated policies that he knows for sure have no chance of passing the Senate, probably couldn't even get 50 votes uh, and hold the Democrats, much less get the 60 we would need. So. Once again, the president is not being very helpful. I think at the end of the day, this is going to come down to whether we can reach a consensus in the United States Senate. And again, I, I think the, the key to all of this, so you hear a little bit from the Republicans, a little bit from the Democrats in terms of where they are, what they're going at. We know uh, encouraging states on reg flag, flag laws is a, a piece of that puzzle. Increased uh, federal funding on mental health issues. Uh, expanding the background checks, I think, is one that everybody seems to be weighing in on and at least nodding their heads favorably in. And then also uh, some school security resources um, being made available as well. So those are the things that seem to be on the table in terms of the conversation. And I I think there's much more to it. Uh, And the test is really going to be, do you do a messaging bill with your eye towards the midterm elections? And again, this applies to Democrats as well as Republicans. Uh, Do you go for messaging or do you go for some substance, even though it may seem small? I think even incremental progress on this, uh, the American people will validate uh, and encourage more. But you have to have a different kind of conversation to to actually get to that. Uh, Again, I think the closest thing I have seen to a path is what 21 Democrats are suggesting to their leadership They're saying, don't go for the big messaging bill that might be helpful to us in the midterms. Let's get some real progress. Let's break this down to very focused, very precision bills. You can relate those to background checks, to mental health, security in the schools, uh, all of those kinds of things. And do them one at a time in front of the American people, because then you can have an honest debate, not a behind closed doors and then emerge with an all or nothing outcome. Members of Congress, members of the Senate need to do their job. And to do that, someone has got to lay this issue and these bills on the table in the Senate and in the House for everybody to see. Think again with Lloyd Matheson on KSL News Radio. Inside Sources with Lloyd Matheson. We're going to stay with the conversation just a little bit longer. We have to stay with these questions longer if we're going to really get to some answers that have some substance to it and some staying power in terms of actually being implemented and making a difference, producing results, which is what we're all about. And obviously, politicians have a a lot of opinions about gun control, the Second Amendment, mental health, our communities. And I think the thing we have to, to ask is to make sure that We don't get content with two things. Uh, One is just the sweeping generalities. Uh, Sweeping generalities are are lovely things. Uh, They they make nice answers to questions on primetime cable. Uh, But they they don't take us anywhere. 
I, I always tell business organizations and leaders that when we talk about things in generalities, we very rarely succeed. But when we talk about things in the specific, we very rarely fail. And so often in our political rhetoric, in the rhetoric of it all, uh, we tend to settle for sweeping generalities, which often leads us to get our terms wrong, uh, to to conflate issues, to connect something that might be a statistic but may not be a cause. Uh, it, it's very easy to get lost in all of that. And, of course, it's important for us to know that uh, those that are leading these conversations, especially for the nation, uh, know what they're talking about, that they aren't content with bumper sticker slogans and sweeping generalities, but they do have specifics and they do have the facts straight. Uh, you may remember I had a conversation not too long ago with contributing editor at Reason Magazine, J.D. Chichilli, and uh, J.D. gave some examples of what happens when a politician didn't know what they were talking about on the facts, and it leads to a lot of confusion rather than the kind of clarity that the American people are looking for. And the example I used in my piece was uh, former Representative Carolyn McCarthy from New York, who wanted to ban so-called assault weapons. And when she was asked, okay, one of the features you want to ban is the barrel shroud. What's a barrel shroud? And she hemmed and hawed, admitted she didn't know what it was, and then guessed it's the shoulder thing that goes up. No, it's not. But if you're going to threaten people with arrest, you probably ought to know what you're talking about. So as we look at that again, it's so important for us as consumers of news and consumers of information that we can drill down just a little bit and make sure we're using the right terms, making sure we have the right framing and understanding. Uh, If we're going to use a statistic, we need to make sure we can go upstream uh, and across stream uh, is a good way to make sure you've got something that's actually true. Uh, So go back and, and check the source and to see what the study looked like, and then do it broadly in terms of how that all plays together. And so you sort of have to do this vertical and horizontal checking. And yes, that requires an extra step or two for you and for me to make sure we actually have things straight. Uh, and and that's a big test. It's a big test for all of us. Uh, it, it tests me every day to ask that second and third level question of, well, why is that? Now, wait a minute. Those numbers... Those statistics that somebody just rattled off, they they sound impressive and, and compelling, uh, but but what are they? And how is the question framed in the polling? And is there counter polling available yet? You just have to dig a little bit deeper. Uh, interesting, uh, Eric July, who's based in Texas, uh, reacted to uh, gubernatorial candidate Beto O'Rourke uh, saying he's going to confiscate uh, AR-15s from the people. He went at it this way. When you hear someone talk about this particular subject that doesn't understand even that basic differentiation, it's so apparently obvious, but arrogance is a real thing, guys. Arrogance is among these types, definitely politicians and people with political aspirations. Boy, it's big. And they just, I think that's what happened with this guy. So again, Beto O'Rourke, of course, uh, did the ultimate in uh, grandstanding moves as he uh, interrupted a uh, press conference that was laying out the atrocities that had just barely taken place in Uvalde, Texas. And again, didn't even have his uh, facts or terminology straight in terms of what was happening and, and how to go about it. And there are people on the left and the right that do this all the time. In fact, there's a whole market for it. 
And, and so we have to, to make sure that we're stepping back and really assessing how we're doing this. What are we really measuring? Uh, and then what, what is really underlying all of that? And so, of course, the nation's uh, recent bout of high-profile gun violence is part of a, an awful trend, a horrible trend that uh, goes back even just over the last two years from 2020. And there's all kinds of factors that are playing into that, including gun laws, including pandemic-induced stress and isolation, including a spike in gun sales, uh, including uh, very frayed and fragmented relationships between police and the people that they serve. Uh, Many of those things led to a lot of these shootings that have been at the highest level they've been in decades. And so when you start to look at the complexities of all of that, a single SWAT piece of legislation that has everything thrown into the blender uh, to satisfy every constituency uh, is, one, not going to pass, and two, isn't going to produce the results that we're actually hoping for. And so how do we get to that space for a different kind of conversation? Uh, Part of it uh, has to do with us, we the people. We have to demand a different kind of conversation. We, we can't be content to just, you know, repost and retweet uh, whatever meme pops up that calls out the other side for being awful and horrible and terrible and, and not caring or being passive and a snowflake and not caring about being able to defend yourself. Uh, we have to get past that. But who will do that? As we always say, it's, it's easy to shout talking points at your enemies. That is not a hard thing, nor does that take any kind of courage of any kind, political or otherwise. What does take courage is to tell your friends the truth or to tell your friends they're wrong or to invite your friends to have a different kind of conversation and maybe broaden their ability to listen as opposed to just ramming through whatever they think their team wants to hear. So these are these are complicated issues, but we we cannot we cannot simply because they are complicated throw up our hands and say nothing can be done. We can't throw up our hands and say we're just too divided to deal with mental health or gun control or the second amendment. We can't do that. There are many in Washington, I will tell you, that are actually banking And when I say banking, I mean making bank on the fact that we're not going to solve this. That members of Congress will be content to spend three or four days this week yelling and screaming at each other about who cares about what or who doesn't care about who. And and both sides are going to raise a boatload of money off of it for the fall. And as voters, we should reject that. And demand a different kind of conversation. Put the bills on the floor. Any senator, any member of Congress can put a bill on the floor. Uh, Particularly in the Senate where everybody seems to be complaining about filibuster and other problems. Just put a bill on the floor. Chuck Schumer has a host of them. Many passed by his Democratic colleagues in the House that he could put on the floor right now. And start a debate. And then let's have an amendment process. See whose ideas are better. See who might tweak it in a little different way. 
we got to get to a different conversation on this uh, because it is the crucial conversation. We can have it. We can solve it. But we have to have courage, not just political courage. We each have to have personal courage to lean into the process. We'll be right back. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent. It was senseless. And I will never understand it. I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow the letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.